You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Wow, met fellow adventurers. We are back with Sir Croakington, who has gone to the village of Colinia, which is little more than a cluster of small wooden buildings in the middle of a sizable forest clearing. The villagers are mostly woodcutters, who cut timber that is then hauled to the markets in Talonus and Groudock, an inn and a ramshackled cat tavern of the two largest buildings in the entire village. A one-legged peg peddler has his arm, has his wares spread out on a table outside the inn. Let's go look at the peddler's wares. The peddler, middle-aged man named Surin, smiles as he proudly waves a hand over the table, displaying his wares. Let's look at what he's got. He's got a short sword, a large black hat. It's just there. This tall, wide-brimmed black hat looks like something a witch might wear. Doesn't look like a very good piece of armour, though. It's a bright green jacket. Although this jacket doesn't provide much in the way of protection, it sure is stylish. I mean, it's probably stylish. Somewhere. And then there's a purple feather. This large purple feather is, well, large. And also, very, very purple. An iron clover leaf. This strange item is an exact set replica of a clover leaf cast out divine. For its size, it's fairly heavy. And a set of stone dice. This set of dice has obviously seen a lot of use. Oh, I must have already got, got the... Must have already got the special sword. Yeah, got that earlier. Probably told you about it in an earlier episode. Which one? I don't know. I guess you're going to have to watch them all. Ask him of any other items for sale. First, he, te- he tells you what, what you see on his table is all that he has. Then, when you persist, he casts a glance over both shoulders and cautiously withdraws a bulging 
leather pouch from his pocket. I can tell you what's in here, says Sewin, lowering his voice as he strokes the pouch softly. But I won't say what it is. I want one hundred tokens for it. Come on now, what say ye? Ah, but what's in it? Not a chance, says Sewin. Eyeing you with exaggerated suspicion. Want to know what's in there? Pay up 100 tokens! Oh dear, oh dear, if I don't pay, it's gonna taunt me for the rest of my life! Alright, I pay. You hand over the 100 gold tokens. And Zuin slowly hands you the bulging pouch. You carefully spill the contents onto your hand and are shocked when a large, sparkling black gem lands in your palm. You recognise the gem as a Jarek stone. These magical items can be used in conjunction with a Jarek's obelisk to teleport great distances. Jarek stone. Created by a legendary mage known as Jarek, these ancient magical stones have the ability to teleport a person great distances when used in conjunction with a Jarek's obelisk. The outset of the age of Outerwan, when the Aldavari civilization was rapidly spreading across Swith, the mage Jarek created a network of powerful magic obelisks that were placed at various points throughout the world. He channeled his own powers of teleportation into these giant obelisks and made them accessible to others by the way of an enchanted stone, which came to be known as a Jarek stone. By touching a rune on a Jarek stone with your right hand, and a corresponding rune on Jarek's obelisk with your right, with your left, I guess, it is said that you can teleport between Jarek's obelisk, thus saving many days, weeks, or months of travel. When the magic of the ancient Adavari began to decline at the end of the Age of Aldoran, many of them, their magical creations, including the Jarek stones, drifted into legend. The Jarek obelisks can still be found standing in certain places on Swift. Usually they are found half-buried in remote corners of ancient woods, or poking above the surface of swamps. Some obelisks are less obscure, however. Legends say the Jarek stones were not completely without wisp. Though ancient tales abound of travellers who used one, vanished, and were never heard from again. Now, I'm guessing these Jarek stones were probably going to have a much larger role in the old travel system, where you had to go along roads to get to places. And it was... It took a lot of time to do, and a lot of time to program. But now that you, now that you can just go anywhere and toast them in just a couple of clicks, there's not as much need. Now, admittedly, if, say, the game started to expand to other kingdoms and realms and dimensions and continents, maybe they'll come in use then. Especially, say, if there's some places that can only be reached by doing a pretty, hef a pretty hefty, repeatable dungeon thing. 
with lots of checks, it probably might take 15 minutes, even when you're even when you're clicking through. Then, then it will get into its into its own again. But we've been mostly we've we've been in Tysa for this time. The only the only time we've gone to places where you can't get to anywhere. Go to places where you can't get. Go to places you can't just get to on the map is. Sangard Island, and that had its own portal, and don't, really, it doesn't need a Jarek Stone and obelisks and all that. Maybe when it comes back, there'll be one there. Because I think when you come back, you have to take a boat, and I, maybe that will be slightly difficult. Well, well, who knows? Who knows? It's just, it's. It's just there. It's, it's something he can draw upon when needed. All right, let's look at this here. Oh, I got it. Right, have I? Did I actually get it? Oh yeah, a Jarek stone, here it is. This magical gemstone, when used in conjunction with a Jarek obelisk, can teleport you great distances. It also has an encumbrance of two. Which is something. Something to be sure. There's no uses for it yet, so I'll probably have to store it soon enough. Because as I say, you need all the uh, pomcumbrance you can get. Right now on to the main event. Seven Goblins Part 4 An Unlikely Captive The attack on a wag wagon caravan south of Kalinia draws you into a perilous attempt to rescue a most unlikely captive. And it begins. For the past two hours you've moved swiftly and steadily to the east following the trail left by the Goblins those who you presume to be their prisoners. The track passes in and out of the forest and over the backs of the small bands of hills that serve to break up the wide evergreen belts that lie scattered across the region. With, with the midday sun bearing down, bearing down relentlessly, you pause on the outskirts of a wide clearing to wipe the sweat from your brow and catch your breath. Goblins are moving fast, pushing deeper into the wilds with every step. You pray you'll be over to overtake them in time. Fortunately, I'm mounted for this. <laughs> well, most of it anyway. It was mid-morning when you passed through Colonia and learned about the attack on one of the wagon caravans. Several of the citizens, including one of the elders, led you to a quiet forest road south of the village where stood four empty wagons, devoid of their former occupants and the horses that drew them. At first, it was suspected the small caravan had fallen prey to a highwayman, not an uncommon occurrence in the outlying areas of the kingdom. However, your discovery of the bone hilt of a knife on the ground near one of the wagons confirmed your initial suspicions. It was goblins who waved the wagons, 
and goblins who presumably made off with the cargo, the passengers and the horses. You summarise it was a large group of goblins that came upon the caravan. Perhaps 30 or more of the vile creatures. A group of seven young men from the village, armed with a crude assortment of axes and cudgels, were preparing to set off in search of the bandits. When your announcement that it was goblins, and a large number of them, brought about a swift deterioration of their resolve. Seeing no other alternative, and with no desire to abandon the mis- missing travellers to gruesome ha- fates at the hands of their savage captures, he promptly told the villagers that he would set off in pursuit of the goblins. The elder, a man named Lum- Lumnor, told you the word had already been sent to an outpost at Jack World, and he hoped and he hoped that help would arrive before the day was out. You realise only too well, however, that any delay might easily be the difference between life and death for those now presumably in the clutches of their cruel goblin captures. With that, you boldly set off to the east, plunging into the thick forest at the edge of the hard hills, moving swiftly in pursuit of what you could only surmise was a sizeable goblin band. Your thoughts returned to the present, and despite the growing weariness in your limbs, which your brief respite seems to have had little effect on, you decide to press on at once. With the relentless midday sun high overhead, you resume your trek along the trail left in the wake of the passing goblins and their human captives. As you cross the clearing and once again plunge into the forest, you find yourself hoping the goblins will either stop to west or reach some secluded destination in the wilds. You are well aware of the fact that goblins can travel great distances for days on end without west. If that grim reality proves true in this case, realise it's likely you will never catch them. You've gone less than a quarter of a mile from the wide clearing when you happen upon a curious find along the easily discernible goblin trail. A patch of scuffed up ground and several dried splatters of blood nearby foliage leads you to believe that a struggle took place here. Fifteen yards ahead, however, your eyes are drawn to the base of a large oak. A broad, charred spot on the trunk of an old oak suggests it was recently struck by some sort of fiery blast. You certain one or more of the goblins' captives must have made an attempt to escape at this very spot, though you find yourself unable to arrive at an explanation, a plausible explanation for the scorched bark of the oak. Now I can use Arcania to take a closer look. And I do, it succeeded. 4xp to Arcania. A close examination of the mark on the tree confirms your initial suspicions. The charred spot is the result of a blast of fire, and you're all but certain the fire involved was magical in nature. Alright, did they just happen to ride past some some sort of elementalist out in the wild? Hmm. We'll see. Because presumably that person has been captured too. 
All was already captured. You press on, following the trail of goblin sign, as it cuts a straight path through the woods, heading almost due east. As the forest through which you're travelling gradually gives way to a broad expanse of boulder-strewn slopes and thick belts of ancient heartwoods, the evidence of the goblin's passing becomes sparse and difficult to detect. You're nearly ready to resign yourself to the notion that you might never be able to find the goblins, all their unfortunate captives, until you pass over the back, the first sizeable hill, and your eyes sit on a welcome sight in the forest below, a sight that causes you to immediately forget about abandoning your search. You spread out, spread out in the thick belt of ancient hardwoods at the foot the rocky slope on which you perched are the crumbling ruins of what must have once been a massive stone structure. Towards the middle of the ruins, huddled over the ground next to the shattered remains of an enormous moss-covered pillar, are twelve humans. We are certain these are the captives taken from the small caravan. You are elated to see they are still alive. The hands and feet of the five women and seven men are bound with rope. When they are grouped together in a tight bunch, they don't seem to be speaking with one another. Not far from where they sit, your eyes drift onto an unpleasant sight of three mountain goblins who appear to have been tasked with guarding the prisoners. The goblins, each wearing a sword, are talking amongst themselves and seem to pay little mind to their bound charges. Oh, that. Are they going to pay for that? Perhaps a dozen yards from where the prisoners and their guards are located. You spot a wide, dark opening in the earth. Now and again, one or more of the goblins step out of the opening, move, move over to speak with the trio of guards before returning to the hole. The goblins appear to be sending steps when they disappear disappear into the opening. You have little doubt that they are climbing down into a subterranean portion of the ancient ruined structure. Your relationship having caught up with the goblins and their captives is is tempered by the realisation that effecting the escape of the latter is certain to be no simple task. With With that in mind, you decide to move in for a closer look. Exercising extreme caution, you make your way down the hillside and into the ruins. The ancient site is almost completely overgrown, and only a small patch near its centre, devoid of the numerous trees that have sprung up through the rubble over the centuries. You take up a position behind the two toppled stone columns, that offers you a clear view of the three goblins and their bound captives. From this vantage point, you're able to clearly see all of all the prisoners. And your eyes fall upon a middle-aged woman seated near the middle of the group. Your heart skips a beat as you behold a white, bright red circlet that adorns her head. The red, the red circlet is, is the well-known and unmistakable mark of an era. A sorceress, an adventurer of great renown. A high-standing member of the Grey Circle, and someone you would never thought you'd have to rescue from the clutches of goblins. You find yourself wondering how it is that someone of Alaire's considerable skill 
and stalwart reputation, came to find herself in such a precarious and vulnerable position. You suddenly realise there may be a more sinister force at work here than you thus far suspected. Anger wells up within you as you make note of the marks and wounds that mar many of the captives. A testament to the ill treatment these people have obviously suffered at the hands of their goblin captors. Apart from Valera, who seems alert, with a grim but determined look on her face, the rest of the captives appear broken, as if, as if they have forcefully accepted their fate, however brutal it might likely prove to be. You realise at once, if you can somehow free Aria, she may be able to help you free the others, otherwise she has yet been unable to use her profound magical abilities to such an end, something you find both puzzling and troubling. To contemplate the next course of action, you know that your first order of business must, must be to somehow deal with the three goblins standing ground, standing guard. So, lots of options now. Just sneak up on them. Use archery, illusion, feathery, woodmanship. Ele- I could use elementalism, but it's not high enough. Gating and shadow magic. I'll use woodmanship because I kind of don't know how that's going to work. I can kind of guess what's going to happen with with all the others, but woodmanship I can't. Oh, you unsuccessfully attempted to use your woodmanship skill. Your attempted action has alerted the three goblins to your presence. The savage warriors draw their swords and bound across the rugged terrain towards you. Alright, okay, I tried something, and it failed. Like, I tried to give the call, the call of a tackerback, but it sounded completely fake. Maybe that, maybe something else. With your back to a regal, leaning oak, you boldly hold your ground, and engage the trio of fierce... Sword-wielding goblin warriors. It's three mountain goblins. Just take them on. They stabbed you with their stone-tipped spears. And are slain. 13 XP. You step over the bloody corpses of the mountain goblins. And rush, and rush up to the prisoners. The eyes of every last man, man and woman are open wide at your sudden appearance. And victory over the goblins has restored the hope that their days will not end. The cruel hands of their unlikely captors. And they're like, okay, how did he do that? Wait, how did she do that? She's really tiny. But she did it anyway. You work quickly and sever the rope that binds the hand and feet. Hands and feet of the woman you have identified as Lara. She staggers to her feet. Places a hand on your shoulders to steady yourself. Before you can instruct her to help you free the others, she addresses you by name and sets about undoing the bonds of her fellow captives. Well met, Sir Crokington, she says. I can't begin to understand the good fortune that has resulted in your timely arrival. But I'm not about to question it. Gotta move swiftly. 
We're not likely to be left alone up here for long. Yeah, yeah, all those goblins dying. Really noisy. I mean, unless they went really deep down, that'd have hurt something. In a, ma a matter of just a couple of minutes, the 11 other captives have been freed. Each of them showers you with praise and thanks you as you instruct them to set off for Colinio at once, and with all possible haste. Helene Lyria also thanks you, tells you she has long heard tales of your adventures, and she hopes very much to one day meet the adventurer, whose deed she most marvels at, marvels at and admires. Although, preferably, it would be under somewhat less perilous circumstances. Yeah, well... Okay, less perilous at the start, but if we're doing a proper adventure, it should be as great or as much or greater peril once we really get going. Get going with the tag team adventure! She tells you, tell the sorceress, you're all, you're all too aware of who she is. She both seems flattered and taken aback by your admission. You also ask why she wasn't able to employ her with mound skills in magic to effect an escape from her captors. Leia tells you that when the wagons were attacked by a goblin war party south of Kalinia, she and several others made a valiant stand, but quickly, quickly found themselves falling prey to the powerful magic of a fierce shaman. He wielded a string of bones, she says referring to the shaman. Small animal skulls and bones, it seems. He rattled them, and at once I found myself doubled over in pain, and with no reserve remaining with which to channel my magic. You were taken captive very swiftly. Alira tells you she has still not recovered any of her reserve, and she hopes that the black magic of the goblin shaman has not had any permanent effect on her known at least two master mages sent to ruin after encountering similar cursed magic. Not to find myself in their company. She tells you that her wing of fire, which she shows you still adorns her left hand, had a dust enough power remaining for a single blast of flame, which she used in an attempt to kill the shaman. She and the others were led into the forest. I missed my mark. Pay dearly for the attempt, she says, turning to show you a broad red mark extending from above her left ear and down the edge of her face. I've had worse, but I don't think I'll forget this one any time soon. As Hilaria prepares herself to set off with the others for Clelia, you turn your gaze towards the dark opening in the earth. You see numerous goblins move in and out of the shadowy hole since you arrived here. An ancient Alavari tomb, she says, noting your interest in the opening. I've explored many of them in the south. Surely you're not thinking of going in there. It's far too dangerous. Oh no, did you just say dangerous? Well, I gotta go in now. And also, you know, deal with the goblins. And presumably, and if there's anyone, anyone else who might be associating with them. You tell her you have no intention of leaving behind any goblins who could launch another raid in the area. And she responds 
or something that sends your heart racing and hardens your resolve. There was another with them, she says, as if recalling a recent but traumatic moment. He was a man, made by all measure, but a more wicked face and a not darker heart I have not encountered in many years. It's obvious that he was a practitioner of the blacker arts, and we, the captives of these goblins, were somehow to be the means to his evil ends. I won't soon forget that wag tunic, or his grumbling voice. Oh well. It's Wedcoat. For the third time, it's Wedcoat. Okay. We've got to deal with him. Alright. This time, we've got to get him. And we've got to kill him super duper dead. Not just regular dead, because he's a necromancer. Regular dead isn't enough with necromancers. We've got to, like, kill him. And then burn the body... And then take the ash of the body and use it to make bricks. And then put those bricks in a... To make a little tower in the shape of a holy symbol. Yes. And then... Dash them with lots and lots of holy water. Yeah. Or something like that. That... Might be enough. I'm not sure. You immediately ask Elyria about the man in the red tunic. And her full description of him confirms your worst suspicions. The bald-headed man. The deep voice she describes to you. Can be none other than the necromancer. You've encountered twice before. Valeria tells you the necromancer arrived alone. Only a short while ago and briefly looked over all the prisoners before descending into the ruins of the ancient tomb with several of the goblins. I was filled with dread when he stood me over, she says. There were few things that could hope to invoke such a fear from me, and yet it was nothing he said or did. It was merely his presence. There's more to him than I'm sure I might care to guess. Aleria prepares to lead the freed captives away from the ruins, you tell her you are going into the tomb in search of the necromancer. The hope of putting an end to his menace, once and for all. You are brave and able, she says. As the accounts I've heard suggest, as I can plainly see. But don't be foolhardy. You must take care if you follow that course. I really wish you'd return with us. There's little to be gained by following him down into that place. Well, he's, he's already arranged, arranged three goblin capturing raids. And those are the ones I know about. I presume he didn't start. He didn't start when I said this. He's probably done it before. And he'll do it again and 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 again. Until he gets whatever it is that he's getting out of it. And that is when things are going to get really bad. Yes. 
You thank the sorceress for her concern and promise her that you'll be cautious, but you have no intention of not making an honest effort to at last bring him to justice. You explain to her you've encountered him before in circumstances eerily similar to these. You go with my prayers, he says in response, meeting with a shoulder cross. I'll wait for you in the village. You watch as Aria and the others depart, embarking on the arduous trek that will take them back to the edge of the hard hills and to Colonia. Though you wish that you were returning to Colonia with Elaria and the others, you have no desire to, to leave the necromancer you've come to know as Wedcoat to his own devices here in these secluded ruins. Fully aware of the danger you're likely to stepping into, you move over and examine the dark opening in the earth. A set of broad stone steps descends for a curtain of gloom and meets up with the passage nearly 20 feet below the surface. After watching the passage below for 20 minutes and seeing no sign of movement, you take one last look around the ancient ruins before cautiously climbing down the stairs. At the bottom of the steps, a broad passage extends due east, moving into an ancient Ardavari tomb. Elaborate carvings that adorn the large blocks that make up the walls and ceiling of the corridor depict what appear to be many different buried The air is damp and still here, and other than the sound of your own breath and very soft footfalls, Nothing stirs in the shadows that lie thick in the underground lair. However, having just witnessed numerous goblins descend the very steps you've just climbed up, brings you the realisation that danger can't be lurking far off in the musty gloom. With your every sense alert for the first sign of danger, you proceed along the wide corridor and soon arrive at a broad junction. Here, the passage splits in three directions. It continues to the east, but two passages also leave the dungeon, heading northwest and southeast respectively. So I can go east, northeast, or southeast. So I can use woodmanship, thievery, or divination to give me a clue. I'll go for divination. Despite your best effort, you are unable to determine anything further about the three passages. Okay, I've kind of cheated a bit. It's a southeast passage which is the most rewarding and also the most dangerous. So I'll take the southeast passage. The southeast passage begins as a narrow corridor and gradually widens into a statue-lined hall. Oh no. Oh no. Not statues! Not statues! They're gonna come to life! Because they always come to life! Several large carvings, each depicting massive beings formed out of blocks of stone, rise up. Rise up the wall between some of the statues. You've taken less than 30 steps along the corridor when a sudden movement on the wall to your right catches your eye and freezes you in your tracks. You turn and stare wide-eyed at the large carvings as it slowly steps away from the wall. You retreat several yards along the passage as the towering being of stone blocks lumbers into the middle of the corridor and turns to face you. 
Then, slowly and silently, the stone behemoth start, starts along the hall towards you. Your movement in the forbidden passage has awakened one of the living idols that guards this ancient tomb. Okay, so I can just retreat and take either the east or the north passage. Or face it. Face it here and now. I will. You bravely hold your, gr your ground as the towering being of slow stone moves slowly in your direction along the passage. As the living idol draws to within a few feet of you, it suddenly swipes out with its massive fists, forcing you to hastily retreat to avoid its savage blows. As you return to a defensive stance, the stone giant suddenly strikes the wall with its fist. A cloud of dust rains down upon you as the passage shakes in the wake of the blow. The living idol again smashes its fist into the wall. No, I, me smashing my fist into the wall doesn't make a good enough sound. And this time produces a far deadlier effect. A groan from above draws your attention and you snap your head up just in time to see one of the massive blocks of stone that form the ceiling promising down on top of you. With only a split second to act. I could use fortification or telekinesis, but they're not nearly high enough. Just gotta dodge, dodge out of the way. Attempt to dodge the falling flat slab of stone. Picking a number. Bonus of 26. 20 from agility, 6 from luck. Gotta get 50 or more. Or become a pancake. A very small pancake. Very small, very flat pancake. Pick now. 87 success. You leap forward, dodging this falling slab by mere inches. The weighty piece of stone slams into the floor behind you and shatters into several fragments. Wasting no time, you spring to your feet and turn to face the living idol now lumbering towards you. The passage shakes with every step taken by the towering living idol. The mighty stone being stomps forward, swiping out at you with his massive fists. Massive, mighty fists! I'm now facing a living stone idol. Begin combat. It's a six plus roll. The massive living idol swipes at you with stone fl flicks. And I'm stabbing at him. I'm getting into the gaps between the blocks, levering them apart. Yes, or something like that. Your enemy smashes through your defenses with a devastating blow for 25 damage. Oh, that's not very nice at all. Another one for 33 damage. And another one for 22 damage. Okay, hand of healing, hand of healing, hand of healing, hand of healing, hand of healing. Okay, take it on. Keep swiping around. Stabity stab, 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 stab. Stabity stab, 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 stab. It's got so much health. Hand of healing, hand of healing. What? Ah, I was healing, and I was still killed. Okay, okay, okay. That was that was a bit of bad luck. Okay, I I, I should be able to quickly get get to where we were before, because you know I don't have to read it twice. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. 
Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Okay. I'll just pause while we get to that. Oh, the woodsmanship check succeeded this time. Clapping your hands to the mouth, you'll expertly imitate the call of attacker back. The eerie, unmistakable sound immediately produces the desired result. The three goblins spring to their feet and briefly scour the forest for any sign of the fearsome predator before, before turning and rushing down into the dark opening in the earth at the centre of the ruins. With no time to waste, you rush over to free the captives. Alright. Divination tells me all three passages harbour danger. Okay, so I'll just, once again, I'll take the southeast passage. Face the living idol. Dodge the falling slab of stone. 108 success. Alright, living stone idol. I'll take you on. Hand of healing, 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 hand of healing. Okay. Hand of healing, hand of healing. Hand of healing, hand of healing, hand of healing. Hand of healing, hand of healing. Hand of healing. Stab, stab, stab. It is slain. 137 experience. 51 of it going to restoration. I used about half of my Neville Reserve fighting that thing. With a loud groan, the massive stone idol collapses into a pile of rubble at your feet. A thick cloud of dust rises up from the heaped remains of the fearsome stone being. Suddenly, Something shimmers in the pile of rubble, 
who stepped back from the remains of the idol, and a ghost ghastly wail rises into the air and echoes eerily along the passage. Without warning, a shimmering, monstrous apparition rises out of the heap of shattered stone and stretches wide a fang-filled wall. More. The hideous apparition wails loudly as it surges forward and passes straight through you. You spin around, half expecting to have to do battle with the gruesome spirit, but the apparition has vanished. You feel somehow different. Five hundred and twelve experience to all skills and powers. Very, very nice. After taking a few moments to check over your equipment and wipe the sweat from your brow, you once once again resume your cautious trek along the corridor. The passage you've been following, Suma Wise Junction, where it is met by two two other corridors ahead of you. The end of this widened section of the passage stands a large iron door, partially ajar. The surface of the door, which oddly enough bears little rust, is adorned with an intricate engraving that depicts what you believe to be some sort of ancient burial rite. You're about to step forward and examine the door more closely, when a loud groan fills the passage and and the massive slap of iron swings open nearly three more feet. Out of the deep gloom behind the ancient door emerges a large group of mountain goblins. You count thirteen of the foul creatures. At the centre of the small horde stands a particularly fearsome specimen, nearly a foot taller than the goblins that surround him. This fearsome, dual-axe-wielding creature immediately knocks his sinister gaze on you. The large axe-wielding goblin smiles. Without hesitation, six of the creatures surrounding him rush forward and attack. Six mountain goblins. No problem. They attack you savagely. And are slain. 13 XP. Three more gap mountain goblins rush forward to take the place of their six kin that litter the floor at your feet. Three mountain goblins. Stabity stab stab stab. Three stabs, three deaths. It's nine XP. The three remaining lesser goblins scatter, fleeing wildly into the darkness. One of the shrieking creatures makes the mistake of running past the large axe-wielding goblin. The hulking goblin snarls viciously and swipes out at you with one of his deadly weapons, neatly removing the head of his cowardly kin. Well, I wouldn't say cowardly, I would say has even the slightest sense of self-preservation. <laughs> the goblin, the goblin's headless corpse slumps to the floor of the passage. The large goblin, each of his guard, imposing hands gripping the haft of an axe, suddenly steps forward and hurls both his weapons at you. The two axes spin through the air towards you with deadly accuracy, picking a number. Bonus of 40, 20 from agility, 6 from luck, 14 from unarmed combat. I have to get 50 or more. Or I get or I get axed a very pointed question. Pick now. 102. Success! In an amazing display of agility, you dodge the hurled axes 
and promptly assume a defensive stance as you steel yourself to face the wicked creature in a brutal fight to the finish. The goblin snarls as he quickly draws two more axes and prepares to attack. How many axes does this goblin have? Three? Probably three. Could be more. Maybe he just has, you know, a pouch. Just a, a pouch of a thousand axes. Axe, 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 axe. Throwing axes at everyone. How am I carrying this much? Just to say, it's magic. <laughs> the Goblin Warrior, adeptly wielding two sharp hand axes. Hey, how come he can dual wield and I can't? I want a dual wield! 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 Lunges at you, striking out with unnerving accuracy. You manage to fend off this initial assault and swiftly counter with your own attack. It's an axe wielding goblin warrior. Begin combat. The one eyed mounted goblin hacks it with both of his axes. Ooh, he's a toughie, he's a six plus. Alright, but I will take you down. The enemy smashes through your defences with a devastating blow for 21 damage. And I'll just do a little bit of healing. We're storing 20 stamina points. Yes, yeah, because once, once you've got your restoration really high, you can heal faster than they can kill you. <laughs> Which is always a bit of a bonus. Anyway, down he goes. Or she. I mean, I'm not going to assume it. Assume his or her gender. 38 XP. You step over the bloodied remains of the goblin warrior and prepare to face the dark shape now emerging from behind the massive iron door. Stepping into the corridor, his clawed fingers clutching a string of animal bones and skulls, is a fur-clad goblin shaman. The miserable creature grins, exposing a jagged line of yellowed fangs. And rattles his string of bones. Oh no, oh no, not this. I need my magic! Picking a number. Bonus of 76. 20 from mind, 16 from body, 20 from spirit, 20 from aura. Okay, okay. I mean, if this fails, I might just lose magic forever. But probably not, because that would be a ridiculous thing to put put in place in a forever in, into a long lasting game I mean if it was just a single playthrough game with a 30-40 hour playtime they could pull that off but a game is supposed to keep playing on and off for years <laughs> no, they, they wouldn't do that because all, any, all that anyone would do when that happens is immediately quit without saving Pick now. 121. Success. Still take 5 damage. Wearied and dazed, but determined not to succumb to the sinister magic of the cruel shaman. You steady yourself and defiantly assume a combat-ready stance. Before you can even attempt to reach the shaman, 
The leering goblin caster again rattles his string of animal bones. Same check again. Pick now. 86. Failure. A powerful wave of nausea washes over you and your vision blurs. For several moments, sharp stabbing, pain, pain, tears through your mind, each one lasting longer than the one that preceded it. You collapse to your knees and take 23 damage. More importantly, I lose about 7 Neville Reserve. Weary and dazed, but determined not to succumb to the sinister magic of the cruel shaman, you defiantly and painfully regain your feet. The goblin shaman, his eyes wide with fear, attempts to once again rattle his string of animal bones, but in his haste fumbles and drops cursed item. Before you can retrieve this dark medium, his dark medium, you're upon him, determined not to fall prey to his deadly magic again. It's a mountain goblin shaman. You made a you forgot something. I'm also good at physical combat. <laughs> yes, he's just a three plus. The got I mean, presumably the physical fighters Big tough goblin is supposed to deal with them. Or you know, maybe the underlings they're they're, they're mainly they they help a bit, I guess. The goblin shaman strikes at you with a bone club. Yes. Yes, yes, he was totally outmatched. Yeah, without without his magic draining, he's nothing. Nothing. And is slain. Thirteen XP. A ghoulish wail hurtles out of the mouth of the dying shaman. The wretched creature claws at your lips as he slumps to the floor of the passage. With a final, glutteral snarl, he collapses face first into a pool of his own blood and expires. You've barely had time to wipe the sweat from your brow when the large door suddenly springs open several more feet. Loud hissing echoes off the walls and ceiling of the corridor as two black armoured skeletons step into view from behind the ancient metal slab. The, go- the undead warriors hiss wildly as they rapidly close in on you, wielding the same deadly blades they carried to the grave. It's two black armoured skeletons, because of course there is. There's no way I was going to come fight this necromancer without fighting some skeletons too. Alright, this is a 6+. plus. They slash at you with their rusty scimitars. Brutal stroke for 8 damage. Another brutal stroke. They are slain. Heal 14. The two black armoured skeletons crumple into a heap of bones at your feet. There was little time to celebrate your hard-fought victory. The heavy iron door at the end of the passage swings open several more feet, and moving into view out of the gloom gathered behind it is a familiar, unsettling sight. The necromancer you have come to know as Redcoat steps into the corridor, sneering. Fate has crossed our steps more than once, he says, striking deep tone of his voice, provoking an immediate sense of dread. It is for you, cursed misfortune, 
for I grow most tired of your untimely intrusions into my affairs. Although you realise your words will likely have no effect on the events about to unfold, you, t- you decide to attempt to garner some answers from this man and ask why he has allied himself with goblins to acquire human captives. I have dealt with all manner of beasts, he says, the tone of his voice growing deeper and more sinister. I could do that, but I've gone as deep as I can. As he takes a solitary step in your direction. Humans, goblins, ogres, the vile snakes and rats. My contempt for each of them is equal. Though only human souls are of any use. Yours should prove most adequate. Before you can respond to the chilling words... A massive shape looms out of the darkness, just beyond the edge of the open door. You watch in horror as a towering, three-armed skeleton clatters into the passage and moves swiftly towards you. The fearsome, undead menace hisses wildly as it bears down on you, cruelly brandishing the long, rusted swords clutched tightly in its ancient, fleshless hands. You bravely engage an ancient bone champion. Hmm. wonder if he had three arms when he was alive. Or is that, you know, a necromantic thing? Begin combat anyway. It's an eight plus. Alright, this is the toughest one so far by MR waiting. The three-armed skeletal menace slashes at you with its trio of blades. Alright. Let's take it down, take it down, take it down. Alright. Devastating blow. Hand of healing, hand of healing, hand of healing. Alright. What? Killed again? (sighs) I think I might be, I might be slightly underleveled for this. Okay. Okay, I'm going to pause, get back to where we left off. Using archery against the three goblin guards this time. Eight experienced archery. With expert speed and grace, you draw your bow, your bow, and fire two arrows in rapid succession at the three goblins. The first misses its mark and embeds itself in the forest floor. The second, however, pierces your target's neck, instantly killing the wretched creature. The attack has caught the goblins off guard, but they quickly regain their senses and turn to face you as they draw your swords. Before you can loosen another arrow, the two goblins are upon you. And then we're back to, back on track. Uh, using feathery, you carefully examine the floor at the entrance of each of the passages. Discover the central passage, the one leading east, bears the most evidence of recent foot traffic. Oh, and the drop dropped on my head. Killing. And back to the ancient bone champion. Okay, so I have a bit more health. Oh, devastating blow, 29 damage. But now it is slain. 39 XP. As the three-armed skeleton crashes to the floor of the passage, you spring forward and engage the necromancer before he can summon any more of his undead minions. Finally! 
The mage displays a surprising agility and strength as he throws you back and draws a bone-handled, long-bladed knife. Without a word, the cruel caster lunges at you, brandishing the knife with a remarkable degree of skill. Here we are, the necromancer. Our good old redcoat. Well, bad old redcoat. He's a very, very bad man. Yes. Yes, even by necromancer standards. The necromancer curses at you, perhaps quite literally, as he stabs out with his bone-handled knife. Brutal stroke for two damage. Okay, it looks like he isn't... His minions are more powerful than he is. Which makes sense. That's why you have minions. I mean, if your minions are less powerful than you are, why are you sending them after the guy? You know, unless you have, like, multiple guys to go after, in which case, the minions have to go after some, you go after the others, and, you know, sharing it. But you... But if you if you want, really want minions, you want at least some of them to be stronger than you. Because then they can deal with the things you can't deal with. He's nearly done and he's slain. Although he is a necromancer. And we all know that necromancers love, pl- love sneering at the concepts of life and death. 22 XP. The necromancer staggers backwards and slinks to his knees as his eyes rolls the back of his head. Suddenly, he lunges forward and grabs hold of you and drags himself up to his mouth is almost pressed to your ear. The nightmare begins. He whistles softly before rising, releasing his grip and, and slump into the ground at your feet. He does not move again. Okay, I, I don't think this is it for him. An eerie, an eerie silence suddenly surrounds you in the wake of the necromancer's passing. Okay, I'm going to take a chance. Definitely mean I'm going to heal. Couple of healings, okay. You peer around the heavy stone door and are relieved to find the weighty slab conceals a sizable and thankfully empty alcove. I guess he got all the skeletons out already. Stacked around the edges of the alcove are a series of wooden crates, many of which contain books and scrolls. A small collection of weapons is piled in one corner, but after looking over them and finding none of them remarkable, he decides to leave them where they lie. Realising you've likely found the missing cargo from the waded caravan, he resolved to tell O'Leary about it upon your return to Clunia. With that in mind, you turn to make your way out of the ruins. It is at the precise moment your eyes fall upon a most unwelcome sight. Okay, another heel, another heel. Framed in the half-open iron door that separates this alcove from the west of the passage is the fleshless, newly wizened figure of the necromancer you've come to know as Redcoat. Of course he did. A fang, stark white skull, sits where his bald head previously rested. Well, it doesn't really change his profile that much. The long, long skeletal arms protrude from the tips of his red tunic. 
got it got rid of all this flesh really quickly. Wow, did he just have a sort of spell of defleshification? Just you know, well, I guess guess you have to when you're a necromancer and you're you're all in on the skeletons. You got to get all that icky icky flesh off. It's all gross and squelchy and it and it leaves stains and it gets everywhere. So all about you got to have nice clean. Nice, clean, hygienic skeleton warriors. Do, 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 and so on. The undead necromancer tightly grips the haft of a bladed ebony staff. A weapon you've not seen. A weapon you had not seen in his possession. Okay, where did he even get that? And hisses viciously as he steps into the alcove. Almost before you can react... The vicious, undead mage shrieks wildly and waves his left hand. The gloom lingering in the doorway behind him suddenly comes to life as a massive swarm of skeletal rats skirt surge out of the shadows. You fall back and hurriedly assume a defensive stance as you prepare to engage the nightmarish rodent horde. Alright, it's a skeletal rat swarm. Just about one of the worst things that can ever happen to you. Begin combat. The the swarm of freshness wats tears at your flesh. Alright, I'm just... Just stab. 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 Hoik. 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 The swarming skeletal wats savagely tear into your flesh. For eight damage. Okay, I'm just I'm hoiking, I'm hoiking. Okay, they're starting to thin out. They're starting to thin out. <sighs> okay, they are slain. All of them. 39 XP. You step out of the pile of skeletal wats that surround your feet and find yourself facing the next of your enemy summoned fiends. The undead necromancer waves his left hand and a sea of writhing skeletal snakes surges out of the shadows behind him and swiftly swarms over you. Hmm. I'm betting that this tomb probably had a pit full of snakes. And of course, nobody fed the snakes. So you end up with dead snakes. And then eventually, you end up with skeletal snakes. And normally, that isn't a problem. But if there's a necromancer around, he's like, wow, that's a lot of skeleton snakes. Snake skeletons, I can use those. They're ghastly hissing, almost deafening, as it echoes off the wall of the narrow passage. It's a skeletal snake storm. Okay, I'm just going to pick up one of these skeletal snakes by the tail and just... Just... Just sweep, sweep from side to side with the skeletal snakes and knock the west aside. Begin combat. The skeletal snakes strike at you viciously. Okay. Let's keep going. Keep going. Swiping them aside. There's just so many ribs all over the place. They're slain. 72 experience. 
as the last of the skeletal snakes is smashed into jagged fragments of bone. The undead necromancer springs forward, brandishing the bladed ebony staff clutched tightly in his fleshless fingers. With a vicious hiss, the fearsome skeletal maid launches himself at you in a frenzied assault. This is the undead necromancer. And you're not, there's no, there's going to be no unto you soon. You're just going to be regular dead. Just regular dead. And you're quite familiar with that, aren't you? The king combat. The undead necromancer swipes at you with bladed ebony staff. He's got stronger. He died and he got stronger. That's ridiculous. But I guess he, he knows how to get the power out of skeletons. All that, all those muscles and organs, they just get in the way. They get in the way. Titans of blue lightning strike you as, the, as your enemy unleashes a deadly enemy attack, energy attack for 16 damage. And another one for 13 damage. Okay, hand of healing. Hand of healing. Alright, that, that was just an unfortunate dice roll. Got me two specials in a row. Ooh, deadly energy attack for seven damage. Nearly done. And slain. 135 XP. Your final blow shatters the skeletal mage's white shoulder and drops the nightmarish creature to its ease, to its knees. As he slumps to the ground, the undead necromancer clutches at you with his clawed hands and turns his dreadful, hollow gaze upward to meet your cold. Well, well not upwards, because well, I'm not up. Sort of across, I guess? To meet your cold, defiant stare. Over, he hisses softly, before collapsing into a pile of bone on the ground before you. Is it? Is it over? I mean, if he could raise himself from the dead once, could he do it again? Okay. Let's make sure we smash all these bones. Okay. Time to... I'm so small. Okay, I need... need, How can I smash these bones? Okay, okay, I've got three Neville Reserve left. Uh, Which one? Which one? No, no, I, I need... No, no, at my point using destruction, I need someone to summon someone. Okay, I'll just... I'll just summon, uh... Gate, I'll gate something in. Gate up a, from the bone-hating dimension. Gate something in. Yes, and just make sure I'm well away. And remember, put a time on it, put a time on it. Yeah, maybe I do that. Lying next to the shattered pile of bones at your feet, that was once the dreaded mage you came to know as Redcoat, is the necromancer's bladed ebony staff. The weapon appears to be a remarkable one. Decide at once to take it with you. It's a bladed ebony staff. Let's have a look at it. It's a staff, obviously. Unsurprisingly, it's magical. As we saw, it has the power of lightning. It gives a melee weighting of 15 and two stamina points. It boosts aura and might. Ah, 
So that's why his MR was higher. Because he had that staff. This is the bladed staff, formerly wielded by Wedcoat the Necromancer, who acquired this weapon after defeating his undead form. This weapon is of magical quality. Not far from where the staff lay, he spot a small object lying next to a piece of splintered bone. Upon close inspection, he discovered the item is a skull-shaped amulet attached to a thin length of leather. Though your first instinct is to pick it up, realising this object must have belonged to the necromancer, makes you wonder if you should. Okay. So I can take it or not. I can use law, arcania or divination to give myself some clues. I'll give law a shot. 8 XP to law. A careful examination of the amulet, based on what you can see while leaning over it. Leaning over it. In a term, it will most likely be safe to pick it up. Well, close enough, I'll take it. You reach down and retrieve the amulet. As you draw the curious item up to examine it more closely, your eyes widen as the object dissolves in your hands. Almost at once, a strange sensation washes over you. 4,096 experience to necromancy. And I might just be a little bit cursed. <laughs> because now, the dead will call to me. They are patient. They will wait and wait and wait until I join them. And then... I will walk again. Or something like that. Hopefully all my other magical disciplines will keep this at bay. The strange sensation fades, leaving you feeling drained and slightly disorientated. Realising that no good can come from lingering about this ancient Adivari tomb, you take a quick final look around before cautiously making your way along the shadowy passage to the stairs. You reach the base of the stairs and sprint up the stone steps, thankful as you emerge from the musty crypt into the light of the sun. You step up and out of the opening in the earth. The sound of footfalls on the step causes you to assume a defensive stance. Three mountain goblins bound up the steps, spring out of the opening and without giving you a second look, flee into the forest. The foul creatures are soon out of sight. Yes, that was the sensible thing to do. Hoping you may be able to move swiftly enough to overtake Alaire and the others on their trek back to Colonia, you set off at a good pace, doing your best to follow the trail left behind by the departed humans. Not more than a mile or two beyond the spot where you discovered the charge trunk of the oak. You overtake Elyria and the other three captives. They seem glad and just a bit relieved to welcome you into their fold. The sorceress is quick to inquire about your descent into the tomb. Well, had another impressive victory to your grand list, she says, shaking her head. I certainly do hope I'll have the chance to share in one of your adventures someday. 
Not much without my magic, mind you. But with four wizards, I dare say I could hold my own. Even with you. Come on, then. Let's get back to Colenia. Yeah, I really hope we get to have an adventure together at some point. Through longer and more arduous than you expected, the return trek to Colonia passes without incident. And for that, you are thankful. The Elder, Limnor, and several of Colenia's citizens are gathered in the centre of the village, and you learn that they are waiting the arrival of soldiers from the outpost of Jackwood. Gives you some small bit of satisfaction to tell her how that will form the force from the outpost that their help is no longer needed. I really don't believe it, says Lumnor, as he and the others set about seeing to the needs of the freed captives, three of which are citizens of Colonia. You're certainly quite the marvel. Won't ask how you did it, and in fact, I'm sure, but I don't care to know. Very well met indeed. You tell Luminar, Eronia, and the other three captives that the cargo from the wagons was most likely in the, in the ruins, sitting in the alcove at the end of the main tomb corridor. When you describe the books and the scrolls you found in the wooden crates, the sorceress nods and tells you it was all part of the delivery she was making to the Grey Circle Guildhalls in, Guildhall in Talonus. I'll rest up here and go back with some of the others to fetch it, she says, moving moving to you and initiating a shoulder cross. I'll, I'll say it again, Sir Crockerton, that some day I hope to share in one of your little adventures. Farewell, and take care on the road. You bid Alaria, Luminor, and the others farewell before turning and heading north out of Colenia, as the village centre disappears behind you. The thundering of hoofs sweetes your ears. You glance back over your shoulder and see no less than a dozen mounted soldiers riding into the village. As you pass out the village limits and, draw, and join a broad road leading north and west, your eyes are suddenly drawn to your white wrists. There, freshly emblazoned on your skin, is a fourth tattoo in the likeness of a tall, thin flame. 1,532 experience to general, and that finishes this adventure. And the next one, the next one in the Seven Goblins series is, let's see, it's, it's in, yes, it's in Twithic, and it's called Seven Goblins Part 5. The fence. Yes. 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 A fence. What sort of fence? Well, we'll find out when we do it. Which will be quite a bit off. Anyway. Until then. Farewell, fellow adventurers. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.